transformed uh, from the inside out. That's what it's all about when it comes to the Christian faith. And so we, uh, we find ourselves continuing uh, in this consideration of what it means to be truly transformed inside by the very power and presence of the Spirit, making us uh, clearly aware of the good news that is ours in Christ. And then uh, with that transformation, we seek then to, uh, to go and to, uh, to make a difference. We, uh, we seek to go and transform the world around us all in the name of Christ. Some of you uh, who have been around here for uh, a long time remember that uh, the field out back uh, was once uh, a sweet corn field. Uh, years ago, we plant, planted uh, sweet corn uh, there uh, to sell for, for missions. We did that uh, two or three summers anyway. Uh, let me tell you, the sweet corn uh, really was, uh, was great. And uh, so were the weeds. The weeds were, uh, were everywhere. The sweet corn grew and so did the weeds. You, um, you know that um, we uh, would get out at the, uh, the end of the growing of the, of the sweet corn and we would, um, we would bring in the harvest and would sell that literally right out on Highway 42 and uh, made quite a bit for, uh, for, for missions. Carl Greer was uh, the fellow who headed up the, the sweet corn project. Uh, he had uh, tilled the land uh, he planted the corn, and he let me know when it was ready to harvest, and it was left to me to get everybody all churned up to, uh, to bring in the harvest. It was up to me to find the volunteers. So I called on just about everybody in the church. If you were over three feet tall, you were out in the field. I'll never forget our son, John, who was at the time maybe four years old, dragging his garbage bag, just like every other uh, young child in the, in the church, to, uh, to pick corn. I remember him yelling out in the midst of that field, Daddy, where are you? I, uh, I can't get out of here. Well, I eventually found him with his uh, bag in tow. I drive by it every uh, morning coming to church. Uh, the picture that you see is uh, Nay Longview Farm on Highway 42 as you've gone up and down 42, you've, uh, you've seen that beautiful farm. It's the farm of our own Miriam Tennell and Joanne Green. Uh, their family has been farming uh, this land for years. I've been particularly struck this year by how good the crop looks. It seems that conditions have been just right for a bumper crop. There's been plenty of sunshine with what seems to be just the right amount of rain. It won't be long before the harvester will make its way to the field and reap what, has, uh, what was sown a few months back. With fall fast approaching, we know it is uh, just about harvest time. It won't be long before farmers will be in the fields to bring in their crops. For those who, who till the ground, it is indeed an exciting time. It's, it's sort of the culmination of, of all the work that has gone on. When it comes to the kingdom of God, it is always harvest time. As Jesus reminds us, the fields are white for the harvest. There are people all around us with all sorts of needs who would do well to hear a good word 
about Jesus. What is needed are those ready and willing to offer that word. Let's hear what Jesus has to say about such things. Our scripture lesson for today is from Matthew 9, verses 35 through 38. Let's hear this from God's word. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were, were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. This is God's word. May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this word read, but as we make effort now to uh, take our lives and apply them to this word. A few minutes ago, we, um, we heard from Lisa Leonard about our efforts in discipleship. In fact, we uh, didn't hear just from Lisa, but from many others who are, are seeking to dive deeply in regard to discipleship. We heard a lot about what it means to move one step closer. Lisa's is a, is a challenge to, to dig more deeply into what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. While that entails learning more about about Jesus and what it means to, to follow him one step closer is a wonderful training for those interested in bringing in the sort of harvest Jesus talks about in Matthew 9, 37 and 38. It is my prayer that when it comes to making disciples, that we're not just making disciples, but we are making disciples who then go and make disciples. That sort of uh, multiplication that Lisa was, was talking about in her presentation. Discipleship is always an inside-out proposition. It's not just an inside proposition, but it always is looking out, looking to further God's kingdom, looking to make disciples. In so many words, you and I need to do as Jesus did. He was all about making disciples. There's absolutely no denying that. More importantly, Jesus was, was all about making sure that those who followed him would then go and make disciples themselves. It was always about multiplication. Jesus had that expectation for Peter and Andrew, James and John, and the rest of the disciples. There was a high expectation of multiplication. Disciples who make disciples, who then go on to make disciples themselves. Jesus was that way with the 72. He had that sort of high expectation. He sent them out to the towns and villages of Galilee to lift up the good news of Christ, to expand the kingdom of God. Jesus was not just concerned about the spiritual growth of the 72, but how that spiritual growth would translate into them making disciples. 
The expectation of making disciples is, is very much a part of the so-called Great Commission. You've heard it. In fact, it was repeated just a, a moment ago. Therefore, go, says Jesus, and, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the, of the Father and of, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded them. As I have mentioned on other occasions, Cheryl and I took a trip to the Holy Land a few years back, and it was an absolutely wonderful experience. There are all sorts of memories from that trip, each of them formative in their own way. I was particularly struck by the couple of days that we spent in and around the Sea of Galilee. They were our first days there, and they made quite an impression. It was in and around the, the Sea of Galilee that Jesus spent the early part of his ministry. He itinerated from place to place, tending to the needs of people there and sharing the good news of the coming kingdom. This was what Jesus was all about in, in the early days of his ministry. A scripture for this morning shares that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in, in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. This is what made up Jesus' early ministry as he itinerated in and around the towns and villages of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus went where people were. He didn't just wait for them to come to him, although that happened, but Jesus went out to, to meet people where they lived. Christ teachings struck a chord with people. He met them where they were. He didn't place a heavy load on them like the scribes and Pharisees, but rather he led people to a place of freedom and abundant life. Come to me, says Jesus, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's an important word that Jesus shares as he itinerates uh, again in and around that region of the, of the Sea of Galilee. Many took Jesus up on his invitation of come to me. They not only needed to respond, they, they wanted to respond. They had felt the, the heavy load spiritually that the scribes and Pharisees had, had placed upon them, and now Jesus had offered a brand new way of life, and they received that, and they, they understood out of a relationship with Jesus the, the newness of life that he offered. Christ's teachings, his preaching, his, his healing met the needs of of, of the whole person, body, soul, mind, and spirit. Jesus was not just interested in a, in a person's soul salvation, although that was of ultimate importance, but he was interested in meeting a person's every need, eternal and otherwise. Jesus stands not only to, to meet your needs, but the, the needs of those around you. Christ is just that way. He is concerned about you, he's concerned about me, but he is concerned about, about all who are around us, including every person who, who walks the face of this earth. In a word, we need to do as Jesus did. 
we need to go and meet people right where they are, seeking to, to meet their needs for this life and for the next. The scripture records that as Jesus made his way from town to, to town, he had compassion on those he met. Jesus was burdened by their pain. He sensed their need. He knew that they were, were very much in, in need of his direction. In fact, as the scripture says, they were like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus was ready to be that shepherd. In John 10, 11, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd loses his life for the sheep, lays down his life for the very ones that the, the shepherd is caring for. Jesus was willing to go to, to any lengths to convince people of his love, even if that meant dying on the cross. You know those great words from Psalm 23. It puts things so aptly, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You know, there's a big difference between seeing people simply as a, as a part of a crowd and seeing them as a, a member of a flock in need of care and compassion. Jesus is that way with us. Jesus is that way with, with all people. He, he sees people as members of a flock in need of care and compassion. When it comes to compassion for others, it all comes down to how you view things. That's particularly true during this season in which we, we find ourselves, a, a season in, in which we are grappling with the issues of, of justice and, and fairness for all people. The scribes and Pharisees, of Jesus' day, looked with a lens upon the crowd as, as, as nothing more than, than, than chaff. They, they looked out on, on what, what looked like multitudes of, of people and, and really just saw, it, saw them as, as chaff. They, they were simply sinners that didn't measure up. Jesus, on the other hand, looked at the crowds and saw a field that was ready for harvest. While they may have been sinners, he was willing to go to any lengths to convince them of his love and forgiveness. And he would even go so far as to give his life on the cross. There has never been a more important time to deliver a little good news. It seems that you and I are being bombarded by by bad news on every front. And we're all getting a little weary of it. I know for me, in the mix of all the, the reporting of the bad news, I, I find myself intentionally pulling away and, and seeking to, to connect with God. And I'm immediately refreshed upon connecting with God. And it helps me, certainly, to, uh, to mete out all the bad news that, that is still present. I encourage you to do the same, to pull away, to connect with your God, and to know of his strength and his compassion for you 
so that you might find yourself then stronger under his leadership to go in the mix of, of all that we're facing today. I also encourage you not to squander the opportunity to offer the good news about Jesus in the midst of all the bad that's going on. We have good news to share. The harvest is there. What's needed are workers to, to get out in the field and bring it in. And that includes you and me as workers. Just like so many years ago in the field out back, I called on workers to go and get out in the field and to bring in the harvest. There are plenty of people all around us. No one is accepted in that. There, there are people all around you who are ripe for the harvest. It comes to you and me to be ever vigilant, ever ready when it comes to reaching out in the name of our Lord. Christ's plan is to use us however, whenever, wherever to make a difference in his name. Just the other night, I had the honor to share a word of witness to my neighbor across the street. And I can't tell you how thrilled I was to do that. As we heard at the start of this sermon series, Yashasui Pulavardi shared his faith with a group of young men while his family was vacationing. Three weeks ago, we, uh, we heard from Jenna Wheelock, who delivers food on a weekly basis in the West End of Louisville in conjunction with a, a group called uh, Linking Arms. And it's not just delivering food, but it's the opportunity to build relationships in the mix of that and to offer the good news that is Christ. We have any number of people who are doing that uh, just up the street. Uh, any number of folk from, from St. John who are regularly volunteering at the Bread of Life uh, food pantry. And they're doing much the same, not just doling out food, but building relationships. And in the building of those relationships, have the entree to be able to share the good news of Jesus in the mix of, of all the, the, the needs that, that are brought, uh, again, just, just up the street at, at the food pantry. Just last week, we heard from Don and Leanne Dugan, about their work at High Point in LaGrange. They're building some very important relationships that I'm convinced will bear fruit for the kingdom of God. Just recently, Betsy Keefe visited some 60 families offering not only a, a gift bag for their children upon the start of school, but the sort of support that comes from one who goes out in the name of the Lord. The fields are white for the harvest. What Christ needs are workers to go out into those fields. And there's opportunity all around us, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in and around our schools and athletic fields, certainly at work. The opportunity is all around us. You know, the religious landscape of the United States continues to change at a rapid clip. The statistics that I share in just uh, the next few seconds don't even take into consideration the sort of changes that the, the religious landscape has, has undergone here over these past six months in the mix of the COVID-19 pandemic. 
But just a, a couple of years ago, uh, the Pew Research Center did a couple of telephone interviews, uh, taking surveys, um, both in 2018 and, and 19, and they found that 65% of American adults describe themselves as Christians when asked about their religion. Interestingly, if not regrettably, that's down 12% from the decade before. Meanwhile, those uh, who consider themselves religiously unaffiliated now stand at 26%, just a tick over 25% of our population. That's up from 17% just 10 years ago. That percentage has raised so much in large part due to a generation of young people who just don't see the need for religion. The religious landscape in our own country is, is changing rapidly, and, and not, much, not so much for the good. It gives us a grand opportunity, an opportunity to, to, to seize uh, every, uh, every time, every opportunity to share the, the good news of, of, of Christ. There is a harvest field out there, and the Lord of the harvest calls us to get out there and to make a difference. In the end, that's what it means to be a disciple, to be transformed inside so that we might find ourselves better prepared to go and transform on the outside. So, for you and me, Christ needs us to get out into the harvest field and to bring in the harvest for his kingdom. Let's pray together. And God, we pray that you help us to consider our part in that. We pray, Lord, that we not sit in the stands, that we not even find ourselves on the sideline, but that you would put us in, in, into the game we pray, Lord, that you would, uh, would send us forth, that we would uh, be so empowered to look for every opportunity to lift up the, the good news that is yours in Jesus Christ. Lord, we do thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for the ways that, uh, that uh, you have transformed our lives through him. God, we pray that... Uh, we revel in that, and that we stay thankful for that, and that we live in that each and every day. But Lord, we pray that we not stop there, but that we go forth, and that we lift up that, that good name of Christ, and that we seek to, uh, to meet the needs of those uh, around us, all in the name of Christ, looking to share that same good news that has so affected our lives. God, uh, lead and, and guide us in that. We pray that you empower us in that. We pray that you bring in the harvest, for you are indeed Lord of the harvest. Thank you, Lord, for the challenge of your son to go and make disciples. God, we make this prayer in uh, his name, 
trusting in the power of that name for today's world. Thank you, Lord, for your call upon our lives. Amen.